0: Hi everyone, this is Jingjing, Jing. thank you for listening to the latest episode of Woman Podcast. Today I'm very pleased to welcome Donna, she is currently studying at the King's College of London, doing a Master of International Marketing. For those who don't know, that the UK government advised, well, actually ask people, well, only doing one type of exercise per day, only go out if you need to get life essentials and medicine, all the restaurants and bars and shops are closed except for supermarkets and necessary shops uh, for people's uh, daily life. While we're also under lockdown in the UK at the moment, like majority of the the countries in the world, she's among one of the few students decided to stay in the UK and not go back to China like some of her classmates. So I'm very excited to welcome her to join the podcast today and then to share her thoughts with us under lockdown. Welcome, Donna.
1: Hi, Jinjing, thanks for having me here. Donna, do you do you
0: mind um, share a little bit about what's your day to day like after the lockdown?
1: It has been five weeks since I stayed in my room. Uh, To be honest, I did not feel much panic here. Although I have never stayed in such a small room for so long time. uh, Currently, I'm living in my university accommodation in Stratford, northeast London. Uh, We have a very small garden in the court and my room is on 12th floor, and I have a big window facing east. Recently, the weather here is so nice. It is a bit, a little bit weird because London uh, always uh, reads a lot, but currently the weather every day is very nice. So I sit in my chair wearing my sunglasses and sunscreen to enjoy the sunshine and the beautiful landscape. That's amazing.
0: I know that some of the students have decided to go back to to their home country. We were chatting and I I learned from from you that some of your classmates have also done that. Um, Can you let me know why you decided to stay in the UK?
1: Yeah, of course. I decided to stay here because my accommodation contract ends in late September. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, It has been extremely difficult to buy flights back home. And many flights had been cancelled in the past few weeks. I have several friends who bought three to four d- tickets from different airline. However, they are they are currently all staying in London because all their tickets were cancelled. The other reason is that it would be really risky for me to co- uh, to go to crowded places like the airport under such. A situation, leaving alone that uh, one needs to stay in a closed environment with many others for a dozen of hours in the flight. After getting back to China, um, you also need to self-isolate for at least uh, two weeks. Without a stable VPN, it can be very hard to get access to Google Scholar and other academic literature websites. Uh, I have finished my coursework for the second semester. And I started to write my dissertation proposal. So Google Scholar and uh, my university library collection is very is extremely important for me right now. Um, the other thing is that one of my classmates went back to China and she told us that she could not use Microsoft team without a VPN. So after our university moved everything online, uh, the uni provided us with free access to Microsoft team where we can record our presentations. So it, it has been very difficult for our group to meet together as some, uh, as some could not get access to Microsoft team. Um, Beside that, a very interesting fact I noticed in my, uh, in my pro- program is that it was our Indian classmates who left the UK first. They left so early, nearly one week, before our uni decided to lock down. Uh, And then after that, our Chinese friends started to book flights.
0: That's very sensible. So you stayed, because you don't want to disrupt your study. And then speaking of your study, the university has closed down. But then how much impact it had on your learnings and studies?
1: The lucky thing is that my study here is not compromised by the situation very much. Uh, We have two taught semesters and one dissertation semester over the school year. So now it is the end of our second semester. Uh, For each semester, we have 12 weeks. My university, King's College London, moved all classes online from the 11th week. Uh, But most students, including myself, didn't go to the uni from uh, the the 10th week. Uh, It's in March uh, 16th. So by that time, we have finished 90% of the course content. Moving everything online did not bring us much inconvenience. Uh, this semester, we have four courses and all require group presentation and three require a two hour close book exam. After the lockdown, our instructors postponed the deadline and the uni extended the assessment period. And converted all assessments to online ones, with which can be uh, which can be done remotely.
0: That's very good to hear. So it hasn't impacted much of your studies because we finished the majority of them already. A lot of people, including myself, struggled to get some of the life essentials like fresh produce or <laughs> toilet papers at the beginning. Um, <laughs> Did you, did you experience uh, did
1: you experiencing something similar? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm living in Stratford. Across the street is the Stratford center, where there are four big supermarkets, including Iceland, Lidl, Sainsbury's, and the Chinese market. And also we have Morrison's and M&S within walking distance. It takes me no more than five minutes to get to all these markets. Uh, in the first few weeks of lockdown, uh, like eggs, noodles, rice, and toilet paper were nearly all sold out. It's really frightening uh, before you uh, if you see it by your own eyes. So uh, I resorted to Ocado. It is an online grocery retailer and also Amazon Fresh. After Ocado shut down its website due to large amount of traffic and Amazon Fresh postponed its delivery time for more than five days, I decided to get some military rations. Uh, It's a little bit hilarious for me to look back back, uh, right now, but at that time I was a little bit scared, so I got several packs of French military rations. Uh, This food made me feel much safer. Uh, Now things are turning much better. Yesterday, I went to Lido and got eggs, fresh meat, vegetables, and fruits, and some milk. Few people were in the market, and most were uh, masks. And we have security people around. They asked the people in the queue to stand two, meet, uh, two meters away from each other.
0: That is pretty unusual. Like, where did you get the ideas to get the military product?
1: <laughs> oh, it's from Amazon. I watched several videos on YouTube testing military food from different countries taste alike. The French army is said to have the best combat food and also it is it is rumored I'm I'm not sure if it is true that during Afghanistan war uh one French military ration equals five American military ration, so it's uh proven that French military ration is really tasty. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Did you, I have to ask this, but did you, did you try some of the food? How was it?
1: Yeah, of course, I tried one ration. So one ration is designed to provide a soldier with one day's energy. It took me two days to uh to finish one ration. Uh, there were coffee, cereal, pie, chocolate, tuna and biscuits and rice and many others uh, my favorite is the chocolate and also cereal there there are uh, there were chocolates in the cereal and they also have a pack of chocolate black chocolate also it is very interesting because in each ration there is a pack of napkin and a box of matches uh so when i bought the military ration all the toilet paper in the markets were sold out, so it is really good for me to have more store, uh, more stock of napkins. And I got a scent candle before lockdown, but I didn't get the match. So I really appreciate the ration. It provides me with all necessities for daily life.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it, it's surprising in a way to hear that you are you're so calm. And then you're so uh, optimistic uh, under the circumstances because and I know uh, actually a lot of people who living in student accommodation, share, you know, living in a shared accommodation do worry about the exposure to the potential to contract the virus because you're in a shared accommodation. H- how do you calm yourself?
1: I'm living in a flat where we used to have 10 people and now only five people stayed, including myself, for our Chinese and one is Korean. We share a big kitchen, and we always chat with each other when we are cooking. So being accompanied by someone who know how it feels right now is really helpful. Also, I majored in international relations for my bachelor degree. If we look back in a human's history, whatever human beings suffered from, we will finally survive that. Also, life is all about experience. So when bad things happen, we cope with them and cherish what we have right now. Finally, all will get better. Uh, the other thing is that being panicked leads us to nowhere. So that's why I think being panicked is useless right now. So just stay calm and enjoy the beautiful weather and great sunshine. That is so wise, and I think that leads to my my next question.
0: And obviously, you're Chinese, and um, the virus started off in in China, where we've all uh, read the news every single day, follow what's going on in Wuhan um, and also the rest of the countries very closely. And China was under lockdown during the Chinese New Year, and the lockdowns got lifted throughout maybe the at the end of March or the beginning, beginning of April. And then we start to see that the situation become worse in other part of the world and UK. So this marked the third week that the government issued lockdown. Do you feel you have all the information you needed to you know, get updated with the latest on the virus? And how do you feel about the government response so far?
1: I might not provide some critiques on the general policies, but I can share some small stories of what it feels like to be an ordinary person living under those policies. I think there are three phases for the UK government to cope with this situation. Back in January, no one could predict what would happen two months later. So no one took the few cases emerged at that time seriously. Uh, At that time, if I remember it correctly, there were three to eight confirmed cases in the UK. And one of the patients was isolated in St. Thomas Hospital, which is in central London, very close to uh, my university, Waterloo campus. And at that time, I was a research volunteer in the hospital every week i needed to take the elevator from the first floor to the fourth floor and i noticed that nearly no one wore masks there and that that uh, that situation frightened me and scared me because i read news about what happened in the first few weeks in Wuhan and no one took the virus seriously and no one wore masks in Wuhan for the first few weeks. It feels like what happened in Wuhan was happening again in London. That's exactly what I thought. So I bought myself surgical masks and uh, effervescent tablets of vitamin C. Uh, Although I don't think vitamin C can protect me from uh coronavirus but it did made me feel safer and i can still remember at that time surgical masks on amazon were um were sufficient uh so i bought 100 only uh, and that only cost me nine pounds that's very incredible and then things in the uk were turning worse then um then things in the uk were turning worse as more confirmed cases emerged. And the government literally did nothing, except for asking people to wash hands for no less than 20 seconds each time, wearing masks was discouraged by the government. And it was then we heard many sad stories that Asian people, especially Chinese students, suffered from racist attacks for wearing or not wearing masks. Uh, currently the UK government asks everyone to stay at home so I think this is the last I hope it's the last, it's the uh, third phase I received several alerts on my phone from the government they, uh, they send us messages like stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives uh, today I just checked our internet the confirmed cases in the UK is only two thirds of that in Germany, but we have more than three times the death number here than what is happening in uh, in Germany. I think this is worth noticing, because uh, currently NHS is not testing enough cases, so uh, we although we have fewer. Uh, confirmed the cases compared to other European countries. UK uh, does have many death cases. So at least I think the government should devote more efforts in testing coronavirus. That's very interesting. Experience. Thanks for sharing that. And
0: I do want to discuss with you in terms of the perception about wearing masks. There's a culture difference in wearing masks between China and I think not only the UK but also probably from a, a Western uh, world's perspective. But then the virus is sort of made the the culture difference becomes so obvious, and also it becomes a a symbol. For some of the racist behavior, behavior and also some of the people are afraid of wearing masks because that they worry that they might get racist comments or racism attacked. I also had this chat actually with my father in law, then he, he says it's actually just not very common for people to wear masks here and people only wear masks because they're sick. So. Whenever that they see people wearing masks, then they would automatically associating them with being sick that that was then right that was like under the the normal circumstances but then now it is a global pandemic and a lot of countries do wear masks so that they can self protect they can also make other people feel safe uh, even though I think people do have lots of lots of what well, governments do have different opinions on how how effective or not effective masks are for, you know average people so how how does that play into your experience
1: uh yeah i understand there are cultural differences of wearing masks however what my friend and i experienced made me think more about what is happening right now i have uh, three small stories uh so the first one is um uh, so I myself did not suffer from any racist attack for wearing mask in public, except for that sometimes several people would stare, uh, would stare at me in tube because I always wear masks, especially in uh, March and in late January, when there were a few foreigners who wore masks. I kept wearing my mask and taking uh, and take uh, I kept wearing masks and taking uh, the central line and the jubilee line during rush time hour and I, I, I noticed that some people would stare at me and at my mask but whenever that happened I would stare back directly into their eyes until they looked aside. I want to use my behavior to tell them I am fine. It's very okay to wear masks in the tube. And I just want to confirm that I'm healthy, but I just put on masks to protect myself and people around me. But there is an exception. So at that time I took the central line to go to the university. There was uh, a black woman Uh, She and her three kids were standing three steps away from me. I was sitting there So we are not even close to each other Uh, This woman stared at my mask and I looked back to her She continued to look into my eyes and then she held her kids closer to her Because usually people would look aside after two to three seconds. I stared back but she continued looking at me. At that time, I feel like it's forever, and her gesture told me something. That's the only time that I know exactly that's racism. She held her case closer to her and staring at me. Uh, so the second one is what my uh, South Korean flatmate experienced the other day. She was going from our Waterloo campus to our Strand campus, so on the Waterloo Bridge, she encountered a group of British primary students, and occasionally she had eye contact with the boy, and the boy looked at her. Then he drew hers, he drew his scarf to cover his face. Um. So my friend, my uh, flatmate, didn't wear any mask at that time so the young boy looked at her and found out she was asian and then he covered his face i think this uh this is a very small thing and i think we need to there is more behind uh, why the boy behaved that way he's very young so i couldn't help but wonder what kind of education what kind of information he received, both at home and at school, what his teachers told him, or what his family told him. And just based on uh, her Asian face, he stayed away from her. This leads to my third story, uh, because currently everyone is locked down Uh, to his or her own room and people are posting encouraging messages on social media saying like uh, this is a global catastrophe in this era and at first I was really touched by those messages uh, because I think finally human beings are united together to face the uh, common enemy, the virus. Then when I when I uh, read more such messages, I feel something uncomfortable because it has been a catastrophe for a while. When it happened in China, when it happened in Japan, in South Korea, I didn't see any posts saying it was a catastrophe for the human being. And many uh, Western social media were using racist phrases uh, like Uh, Chinese virus or China virus to describe the situation. I realized that a problem does not become a problem until it becomes a white people's problem happening in a white people's territory. I felt really bad about this.
0: Why do you feel like the the, the source of racism come from? Well, it is a very profound topic. Why do you feel like this is this is happening now. Do you feel because that the virus did start in China, people developed that association? Or do you feel like there is more reason behind that?
1: I believe racism always exists around the world. Just like the iceberg, we saw all these racist attacks against the Asian is only the one ninth above the sea. This very situation sheds light on people's dark side the sight that they hide away from sunshine. Especially recent years, being or behaving politically right has been a trend. So if we look back to the history, whenever there are extreme situations, whatever it is war, pandemic, or a financial crisis, we heard stories that one risk hits some other ones. So indeed, London is one of the biggest cities in the world and it is diverse and expected to be inclusive. I have always been conscious of my being as a Chinese here. And now everything happened around me keeps reminding me of my ethnicity, uh, like being stared in a tube. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I want to let people know that this virus affects some people in a way that is invisible and can be hard to understand for others. So uh, I understand my feeling can be very hard to relate to if uh, for people who are not under this situation. But that's exactly why I want to speak up. At least some people who are listening to this podcast might realize that what we are feeling right now.
0: There, There is an inherent misunderstanding and lack of understanding about China in general, because China is in a very different political system compared to some other part of the world. That also was a barrier for people to uh, understand China and also the Chinese people. And sometimes they weren't able to differentiate Chinese people and Chinese government because of the geopolitical reasons and also with this virus this the whole perception about china has gone downhill as chinese working and and living in a different country is really it's really sad to see that this is direction that the you know the world is taking um do you feel there is anything that from a chinese perspective that we could do better and then to help people to understand us better you know, dealing from uh, SARS, you're probably too too young to remember SARS, but I do remember there was lots of cover up at the beginning of SARS. And um, to some extent, the government lost its credibility to its people. Um, and also that raised a lot of question marks in, in the Western world when they heard the Chinese government um you know, sharing about information and how credible those information are. So how do you feel we could do better in communicating our side of the story?
1: I think to improve this situation, individuals, society and the government all have their parts to be done. I believe that economic power leads to global presence. Because I majored in international relations for my bachelor degree, I got the chance to participate in a government-held academic conference. It is called uh, the 21st Century Council, and at that time I was a junior in college. Uh, I was a volunteer uh, in this uh, in this meeting. President Xi welcomed all these participants. All participants are senior ministers from the u k France, Australia, and many other countries and That was the first time that I saw how the government expressed itself by myself uh, so I think Chinese government has been holding help uh, has been holding all these academic forums and international conferences to make China better understood by the world and uh, during this uh, pandemic, uh, I saw many. Uh, I I read many stories from the media that many Chinese were living and working abroad, organized through, uh, through alumni associations and other groups to donate masks and medical equipments to China. And now, as China is getting much better, these groups are helping people who are staying in countries that are hardly hit by the pandemic. For example, in the UK because my schoolmate received many masks from his alumni association that's very sweet and as he uh, still has enough masks he shared some with our foreign students who are also living in the dorm the Snapchat group because I saw he sent this message like he had uh, he has enough masks and he can uh, spare some with others other foreign students are very touched by his kind uh behavior, and I think for ourselves, those actions can uh can speak out for ourselves. Some of my American friends once told me that I was not like a typical Chinese. Uh, whatever they said that, I didn't take that for a compliment and I think they are a little bit arrogant. Uh, of course, they are really good people and I love them. I am a typical Chinese and I think it is them who have not updated their impression on Chinese. So expressing our own opinions is very important and just be ourselves. Um, I think that's enough. We are changing.
0: Yeah, I very much agree with you. And I think we have to meet somewhere, right? It's either that we make an extra effort or the other side is making extra effort. Human connections where communications is not going to be improved unless both parties are willing to participate and engage in in a constructive conversations. Coming back to the coronavirus topic, where do you see yourself in a four week's time
1: Oh, uh, in the next four weeks, I hope we can be released from our own room to enjoy uh, the great sunshine and f- some fresh air. And I'm, very li- I'm living very close to the Olympic park. Uh, the other day I sneaked out of my room and I went to the park. It is very nice and I really want to have some friends to come with me and so we can have a pan- uh, picnic. In the uh, beautiful weather. Also, I'm a big fan of musicals. Uh, to be honest, I missed my uh, my show of the City of Angels in April, and I feel re- I feel really sad. Although um, the company returned me, uh, they turned refunded me by coupons. But still, I really want to see the show. So after uh, after the lockdown, I think I would definitely go to the theater again and also go to uh, the national galleries and all these galleries Yeah, to enjoy uh, the air of freedom. And I think in the next few days, I can uh, receive the health pack sent by the embassy.
0: Tell me a little bit more about the health pack. What's in it?
1: Uh, yes, it is sent by the Chinese embassy in the UK. Uh, so some friends have got them yesterday and there are like 20 surgical masks to 95 ones and some Chinese herb medicines are uh, in this health pack. And uh, the Chinese embassy in the UK prepared 200,000 health packs for students living currently living in the UK. And according to the data released by the government, uh, by government, the uh we now have like 100,000 students still staying in the UK. So there are enough uh, health packs for us and even there are surplus. Donna,
0: it's been great chatting with you and also hear you share your experience under lockdown in the UK. And I'm sure that we will, you know, we'll come out stronger in the other end. We will all go through this.
1: I really want to thank Jingjing for having me here. I haven't been talking to someone for three days because of this lockdown. Uh, It's very nice to talk to you. Thank you, Jingjing. Thank you so much,
0: Donna. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to Woman. If you have any feedback, write to us at Woman Podcast, W O M E N Podcast at Outlook.com.